Hello and welcome to the second episode of Smelly Cast. My name is Mike Hall and I'm here with my co-person, Phil Hudson. My name is Phil Hudson. I do my introduction. Anyway, we're recording uh, right now live from the balcony of Club 33 at Disneyland. Not really live, we're recording it. But we're recording live. It's live, we're right, live. it's live right now. But we're recording it live. Anyway, it's not tell, live sorry, tell them, where they, tell them where we are. We're Club 33 in Disneyland. For those of you who don't know, we're going to talk all about it on this episode of the podcast. Because we've been in Disneyland for the last four days, and we have another day here. So, uh, anyway, we just wanted to share this wonderful moment, let you know this is what $25,000 a year and uh, $10,000 a year after that gets you. So listen. It's beautiful. Oh, it smells great, too. Here we go. Dang, that was noisy there at Club 33, huh, Phil? It was. That was so fun. Woo, it was the what best. A cool, what a cool experience. The best experience, and it's all thanks to you. Whatever. It was fun. It was good. It's true. It's all thanks to you. As you guys heard, we were at Club 33, which is a very secret place inside Disneyland that most top. of you have probably never heard of. Top secret. Not really that top secret. In fact, we're going to link to a bunch of stuff that talks about it, but it was pretty cool. And you'll understand how cool it is once you see the stuff that we have. The coolest. Oh. Well, yeah. So, yeah. As we said, welcome to SmellyCast episode two. We are on a roll now. This is officially a real podcast because we're finally up on iTunes. We've got a website going. Yeah. Everything is coming together. Welcome to Wasting Your Life with Mike and Phil. That's what it should be called. Yeah. Don't confuse us for those Portuguese guys down in Brazil. Whoever they are. We're way cooler. So much cooler. I mean, we speak English. All right, should we dive right in? Let's do it. So, okay, so as we as we talked about, we we're first talking about Disneyland. Tell us a little bit about Club Thirty Three, Phil. Give us some perspective. Well, I think that you're probably better suited to give some information on Club Thirty Three, just because I've only been there twice. I've only been there twice, and both <laughs> times were with you. So, Phil. You are very qualified to talk to us about Club 33. Um, I'm not that qualified. Well, first of all, actually, maybe we should talk about Disneyland and why we're even talking about this weird club inside of Disneyland. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you start since you're the Disneyland uh, pro? Okay. Well, there's this place in California. What's it called? It's called Disneyland. Mm. I know. It's a novel, like a really unique name. So Disneyland is cool because uh, it's been around for a while, almost 60 years. It's uh, been open. It opened on July 17th, 1955. It did. We, we figured this out while we were there again, even though I have a jacket that says 1955 on it. So anyway, Disneyland's awesome. So I have this theory that Vegas is cool when you're a teenager in your young 20s, but Disneyland is cool when you're a kid and then again as you get older. So I actually went when definitely, I was 25. Definitely. You kind time. of like gain, I've gained like this respect and this love for Disneyland because of so many different, you know, things that I've experienced there. Right. The thing, well, even more than that, like the, well, lesser than I think your personal experiences, but some of the things that I enjoy are the fact that it's, it's an entire world dedicated to preserving this thought that there are, you know, there's magic and that these characters are real and it's inspiring imagination in kids. But the fact that it runs as a business, from a business perspective, it just runs so smoothly and you can't tell, you cannot tell that it's like a thing. It's just, it is a land. It and exists all on its own. It's, it's, yeah, 
it's a whole it's nother a, place. Like it's a whole new world. It's just as soon as you step world. inside of Disneyland, you're completely engulfed. You can't see anything outside of the park. You don't remember that you're in this ghetto that is Anaheim and right. you just are in a completely different place. So I guess as these people, as these people listening to us, all two of them are gathering right now, we, right. we love Disneyland. And yeah. as we said in our intro, we went to this club called club 33 that is located inside of new Orleans square in Disneyland. Right. So right. this club is pretty cool. Um, I first learned about this actually at Mike and Nikki's house. Uh, Mike's wife, Nikki, she actually is a member of this group called Mouse Weight. And it's a bunch of Disney fanatics who just love Disneyland and update all this stuff. And it's a little bit cultish. No offense to any Mouse Waiters out there. But it's kind of crazy how into it they are. And someone sent her napkins from the bathroom inside Club 33. And it had this gilded gold 33 logo on it. And it, she just freaked out about it. And so I found out that it's actually Walt Disney's private dining room inside New Orleans Square in Disneyland. And it was the place that he was he was building to dedicate to his guests. But he passed away before he could ever go there. Yeah. And so they... Why, why 33? Well, there were 33 original sponsors. Right. Corporate sponsors. But it's also on the 32 Longitude. Is it really? Yeah. I saw it on Wikipedia. Is that a real thing, or is it just a coincidence? I think everyone in California is on the 33th longitude. So, (laughs) anyway, you can go check it out um, on Wikipedia, and you can see all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, there were 33 original sponsors, including, like, ABC and Coca-Cola and stuff like that. Tropicana. Yeah. Or maybe Tropicana was Florida. It was supposed to be his his dining room to entertain his corporate sponsors and people. And he passed away about six months before it opened. And Sad then it opened. Day. Yeah. You got and frozen. You did not get frozen, <laughs> in case anyone is wondering. He's cryogenically he was... frozen and buried beneath Pirates of the Caribbean. Which it's a fact. Cold. It's, it's a been lie. proven time and no, time again. Not proven. He's, <laughs> he was cremated. But anyway, <laughs> moving on from Mike and his crazy Walt Disney. Well, one of the things Mike loves to do is anytime we go there with a the kid, he tells them that they're eating Walt Disney anytime they have ice cream or something. <laughs> he just messes with them. Everything is Walt Disney. You gotta have like a little bit of magic. Yeah. Smellitzers. Yeah. So, see that snow on Matterhorn? That's Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, they, they renovated this club and they opened it up to basically memberships and super Mike, expensive you, memberships. Why don't you tell them about that? Okay, I think it's. What is it? Is it uh, thirty thousand to join, and the initial payment to join, and then it's eleven thousand a year after that. So I mean, your first year alone, uh, I guess I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing you're forty-one thousand dollars for your first year, and then another eleven every year after that, just to eat, just to in pay this club, a hundred dollars, and you still have to plate. pay, yeah, hundred per plate. It's but nuts. the only way, and the only way you can get in is if a member. If you are a member or a member invites you in. So right. uh, we were lucky enough to go back in May on my third trip to Disneyland. We were able yeah. to go because Mike's wife has a friend who has a friend who has a friend who has a friend who lives in Australia who is yeah. a member. Yeah. And then uh, this last time I was able to, to ask a favor and uh, the CEO of my company's brother is a member. So luckily we were able to, to get in one night. and Twice in one year. 
Yeah, I mean, that's been, crazy. That's unheard of. Five hundred. Two out of the four times I've been to Disneyland, I have eaten in Club Thirty Three. <laughs> You're spoiled. You have no idea how spoiled. spoiled you are. I feel spoiled. So it's a cool place, and and I don't know. For me, when I go in there, like the first time, it was just magical. Like we went for lunch. There's two meals that they do. They do lunch, and then they do dinner, and that's it. And the lunch is this giant buffet. And oh, so good. It's, I mean, it's incredible. You walk in, everything's still the original. Disney planned it. Lobster. Yeah, like a salad bar just full of like all the fresh seafood, duck spring rolls. Like, and then Mm. you turn around and there's this giant table of desserts with Club Thirty Three all over them. Yeah, that are just the tastiest things in the world. All you can eat Disneyland dessert. It's amazing. Yeah, and best steak I think I've ever had. Really, best ever. Best. Yeah, I mean. Was it just because you paid a hundred dollars for it? Probably, probably one hundred percent is what it was. We went to so we'll talk about STK at another podcast. Yeah, we should. We need to dedicate like a whole. Yeah, our trip to Vegas was pretty awesome. It was amazing. But uh, yeah, that steak was probably better than STK in my mind. Um, I enjoyed it more, and I think it was more the setting and and it was a it was a cool meal for me because I got to be there with my friends and. I got to experience this wonderful opportunity that I never thought I'd ever have again. See, and, and here's the thing, Phil. You're really unique because your first you didn't go to Disneyland as a child. No. You know, I grew up and we went we didn't go a lot, but we went. And um it was always just such a huge deal every time we would go. And so that's what kind of started my love for Disneyland was going as a child. And so you've, you're in this unique position where your first time to go was what, like three three years ago? Yeah, it was two years ago this October. Two, two years ago. So I was 25. You, know, you have that memory of the first time you walked down Main Street, and it's like crystal clear for you. Whereas yep. me, I have no clue. I was not definitely not paying attention. I was like, oh, are we going to go on? Am I tall enough for Space Mountain this year? <laughs> No, it was it was, it was awesome, and and the cool thing that I got to experience is I got to experience it with Mike, my good friend, and his wife, and they're both Disney nerds, and they got to teach me the ways of, of the Disney fan. See, and we're only we're only small time nerds. We're trying to become more so, which which is awesome because it's so there's much fun. some there's real so much fanatics. information. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, real fanatics out there, and, and I love you know, them all. Like they all have like this amazing respect and this love for the park, and. It's so cool how interested they are in every little aspect of it. Yeah. I don't know. It's been awesome. And I feel like it's really like grown on me and become one of my favorite things to do is go there. And it's not just for the uh, the Monte Cristo sandwich, which we'll oh, talk about. Yeah. Oh, so good. And it's not for just the Coke that tastes way better at $4 a bottle. So strange. Or the churro. Yes, <laughs> it's, churro. It's all of that. So... Um, yeah, it, it's been awesome. And, and, you know, I definitely have a greater respect for it because it was this thing that I wanted to do my whole life and we were too poor and we were living in Oklahoma. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like you can just like up and drive to California one day. It's like a two day trip. Yeah. And is Florida so you, closer? Probably. I honestly don't know. I think they're probably, it's probably equidistant. Good word. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so let's let's get some questions here. Phil, what is your favorite ride in Disneyland? In Disneyland or California Adventure? Uh, both. Um, Tower of Terror is my favorite ride overall. Of all time. As a, as a fat guy, the sense of floating through the air is you fall. 
is just the most enjoyable thing in the world. And I'll post a picture from January when we went that will just tell you how much I love this ride. You can just see it on my face. It's just like, hey! Oh. So that's my favorite ride uh, out of both parks. Um, in Disneyland, I would say that my favorite ride is probably Star Tours. Okay, yeah. In the back. You have to be in the back, though. Okay. And I think that one's just magical for me because, like, growing up, I was a Disney, I was a Star Wars fan, and, you know, uh, just like any kid our age, it, my dad was a nerd, so I was a nerd, and that's what I watched. And so the fact that you could go and be on a ride about Star Star Wars was just awesome. So Dude, it was wait great. till you can go to Star Wars Land, freak. That'll be yeah. amazing. <laughs> if it ever if it ever happens. Right. It, it will. It'll Side have note. to. Side note, I have a friend who works at the Disney store, and they said that they are getting a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff for Christmas. Like like uh, Luke wearing a Santa hat? I don't know, probably. <laughs> but while Yoda? I was there, Yoda we, did get some sweet, we did get some sweet stuff at, at the friggin' Star Wars ride. Star Wars cars, Star Wars Mr. Potato Head, Star Wars um, Muppets. Mm-hmm. Lots mm-hmm. of cool Ewok, stuff. Your son, Ewok beanie. Your son's first Ewok beanie. This yeah. first, That's first right. ever. That's right. Okay, so I'd say my favorite ride is Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's only recently changed to Pirates of the Caribbean. Before that, it was Splash Mountain for like the longest time, and I would say, probably just in the last year, it has changed to Pirates of the Caribbean. Why? I really just love. I love the detail that they put into it. You know, I mean, they put a lot of detail into all the others, but I feel like at the time, Pirates of the Caribbean was so far ahead of kind of any other ride. You know, with all the animatronics, you know, things like the fire. And yeah. it was just so cool. The embers um, in the wood. and Yeah, yeah. I really, I think that's my favorite ride. As far as uh, California Adventure goes, my favorite ride there... You know, it's either Screamin' or Midway Mania. I love Midway Mania. Yeah, but probably Screamin'. Screamin' is just such a good, solid roller Dude, coaster. That, that freaking loop-de-loop. Love that loop-de-loop so fun. Love it. That's awesome, yeah. So the rides are awesome. My, I found a new favorite thing. It's the freaking salted caramel hot chocolate at Giardelli's. Mm. I've just been dreaming about that since I got back. That's good stuff. Uh, my my go to is always the Dole Whip. I always Dole have clip. to have a Dole Whip, and then um, I always the jalapeno cheese filled pretzels are. I have to get one every time I go. So good! I had my first churro this time. Yeah, I don't really like churros, but I'll eat a churro in Disneyland. Oh, you're so weird. I know. I don't like, I don't like anything good. I do. I like lots of things that are good. I just don't like churros. We should segue into something more entertaining for people because you suck okay. at, at food you like. Let's talk about the, Mon- the Monte Cristo sandwich. Oh, yeah. Good idea. So the first time I heard about this was I have a friend who told me that every time he went to Disneyland, he always got a Monte Cristo sandwich. And he said, if I ever went, I'd have to get one. So the first time, I made sure that we went. I was exhausted. I was tired. We walked up to the restaurant. Blue Bayou was cold, so the, it was closed. So the other restaurant underneath Club 33 was actually uh, selling it. Cafe Orleans. Yeah, so we went there, and I remember they were uh, they were packed. They didn't have any room. 
And so we walked up, and we were very polite, and we asked to get in. And uh, they were like, yeah, it'll probably be about, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And we're like, all right, we'll wait for it. And so then some guy came up, and he was, like, demanding that he get in. And so the lady, like, looked him in the eye and then looked at us and said, your table's ready, and invited us in instead. It was great. <laughs> yeah, so I still remember that. But the sandwich is basically bread with ham, turkey, and cheese. Deep fried. in batter, deep fried, with a blueberry or a blackberry or grape compote. Like a pow- and powdered... Uh, powdered sugar. Powdered sugar. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, oh. was it like grapes and strawberries or just yeah? Grapes? And then you get you get an order of pom frites. Yeah, those fries are awesome. I oh, like fries; and those are good. Yeah, and then you eat about half of one, and then you feel like you want to die. And oh. So first time we had this, Mike and I got it, and then we went over to some conference at a convention. Nikki, Nikki was going to a mouse weight thing. Yeah, meetup, and we just passed out on the couch. Yeah, in the <laughs> in Grand California, they're all meeting. And we just fell asleep on the couch. I had, I gorged myself on that sandwich. I was so sick after it. I will never eat an entire Monte Cristo again. Nope. Like it's, it's always it's a get, young man's game. It's, it's like a quarter of it is good for me. It's Although we did go game. with Braden, our friend Braden, Braden, Braden pounded like a pound. He pounded, he pounded like, like a whole the, one and a half. Yeah, one and a half, two. Probably I think close he did to that, two. I think he did that because we told him that he couldn't. This kid's also like fourteen. And he's like so. the quarterback on his football team, so he's really fit, you know. But unlike yeah. Phil and I, I'm not fit at all. I'm not either. I guess my clothes fit snugly. Does that count? Yes. Yes. Okay. So other than that, I have a new favorite thing that I love to do when I'm in Disneyland. It's a freaking pizza press. Oh yeah, pizza press. So last couple times we stayed at the Tropicana, which is this little ghetto hotel right across from Disneyland. Cockroaches. I, yeah. I emailed them about those, and yeah. they gave me one of our nights for free. I need to email them about that so I can get my whole night for free. They might. They didn't even clean they, my He room. might be skeptical because it was... Uh, A while ago. Same. No, it was the same room that I was complaining about. But. Oh. Well, yeah. So, anyway. Super ghetto, but right on the corner Not of the building. Not super ghetto. Just kind of ghetto. Pretty ghetto. The beds are comfortable. <laughs> yeah, they are. Air conditioning goes works really well. Yes. But cockroaches, cracked showers. There were two cockroaches, and they were tiny. A musty odor. That was me. <laughs> anyway, you walk around the corner, and there is this little pizza place where you can pay 10 bucks for a personal pizza, and they just make it right there, and they sell Virgil's root beer soda. Yes. So good. Only the and the whole thing's just awesome. And their barbecue chicken pizza, you add bacon... Changed my life. I think I had one every day I was there. We What's it there called? Like the days. the Times or the Chronicle or the Times. The Times. Yeah. So it's a, this whole like publishing based thing. I've got some photos. We'll post them up. It'll be good. Yeah, Pizza Press is really good. I recommend it. If you're eating outside of the park, if you're eating in the parks, I would say Cafe Orleans. Well, if you can't go to Club Thirty Three, <laughs> if you can't Cafe Orleans. I love the Jolly Holiday. I've never been there. Nikki and I went there uh, when I went out for a day the other, like a few weeks ago, and uh, we ate there. It was really good. That's cool. The awesome Caprese. Sandwich. Carnation. Carnation Cafe is okay. Their breakfast is decent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all of that. All right. Um, is that enough Disneyland stuff for this time? 
I think the one thing that I wanted to point out was just how awesome it was because we didn't tell anyone. It was just you, oh, myself, yeah. and we told Bobby that we were going to Club 33. And so you and Bobby didn't tell your wives. And so I yeah, Bobby the douche, and Jay didn't know. Being the douchey single guy, I was like, hey, let's take photos in front of Club 33 because we told them we were eating <laughs> at, uh, at the Blue Bayou. And Mike's wife, Nikki, was pissed because she doesn't like it as much as every other, everyone else does. She doesn't like the Blue Bayou. And Bobby's wife was pissed because they just had lunch the day before there. <laughs> <laughs> and so we didn't tell him. And so I was like, let's take photos. I post photos, post for a photo. And then I was like, do you guys want to pose in front of it? We'll take a picture. So they're taking this like sad photo. And then while they were doing that, I ring the doorbell to let them know we were there. And then right as they were like taking their photo, the lady, the secretary of Club 33 walked out. She was like, um, what can I do for you? And I was like, oh, it's, you know, party of five for Phil Hudson and like Nikki was just like are we eating here mouth just dropped freaked out ah! and they both started crying so they did they both cried yeah so it was Women. a good little surprise huh. yeah I think that's good on Disneyland it's a fun place if you haven't been you should go if you have been you should go again yeah I think we're gonna try to I think I wanna try to do some recurring segments on this podcast about Disneyland maybe focus on different uh, rides like you know, we can each pick one and like maybe just kind of educate the other on the history of something. And yeah, we, we need to talk we about do a that every more about like couple episodes. We need a little bit more about Club Thirty Three too because they're changing it completely in January. Yeah, it'll be closed so, till uh, what June or July. Yep. So <laughs> crazy, interesting, crazy. Well, let's hop on to another segment that we love: movie reviews. Movie reviews. So, Mike, what's the date today? Well, today is the 7th of November. What was two days ago? The 5th of November. Remember? Remember. The 5th of November? <laughs> the gunpowder treason and plot. I don't remember the rest of this. I though. know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. There you go. So what do you do on the 5th of November every year? Well, you know, I'm a bit of an Anglophile. And so I, I lived over in England for a few years. And so I just kind of loved everything about England. And then I came home and went to high school and met my wife and found out that her brother actually pretty much celebrates Guy Fawkes Day on the 5th of November. They're not British or anything. They just like uh, any excuse to have a fire and light stuff on fire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, who wouldn't? It's great. So, we for the past uh, three, four years, they've had a they've had a big big bonfire on Guy on Guy Fox Day. We burn an effigy and everything, and uh, so of course for our movie review for this month, well, I guess this week by week, I don't know how often we're doing this thing. Anyway, for our movie review this episode, we are doing V for Vendetta. And, oh. An Ender's Game. Which we'll get to. Yeah, that's great. later. We'll talk about it later. V for Vendetta. The 2005 classic. The classic. Is it's it 2005? 2005. Was it really? Yep. Oh. Yep. Mikowski yeah. Brothers. Yeah. So Natalie Portman. From... Oh. <laughs> Love her so oh, much. Padme. So. Sweet, sweet Padme. <laughs> V for Vendetta. I just remember every guy loving that she had a shaved head. I did. I still Everyone do. I watched Everyone it. I watched it on the fifth, and the whole time it's like, "Oh, Natalie, 
<laughs> oh, Natalie. And your wife's like, my name's Nikki. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so V for Vendetta is awesome. Um, I was actually, I didn't know it was 2005. I thought it was 2006. But it came out, um, I didn't watch it, and then I was on my, my mission for my church, actually. And you can't watch TV or movies or anything. And I just remember staring at the poster and being like, I want to watch that. What so is bad. this? <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's a man with a mask, and it looks like he's fighting Hitler. I think I want to watch that. Yeah. So, obviously, many people have seen it, and this is the spoiler section, so be be warned. Spoilers! But the whole setting is awesome, because it deals with, basically, this fascist government that is uh, basically put together a plot to take over. Totalitarian. Yeah, there you go. To basically take over um, the world. And England. so they, they've made themselves the superpower in England. And everyone needs them because they're the only people who have the medications necessary to stop these diseases that are destroying the world. And it has this kind of like Orson, like Orson Welles-style uh, feel where it's like 1984. The government's mm-hmm. watching everything. They plot everything. They have a blacklist for media. Guerrilla tactics. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these different things, secret police, and it deals with this uh, vigilante who has a personal vendetta to gain. And, you know, one of the things that I was just, basically his whole thing is he wants to take down this government and remind everyone that just because there's security and it does not make it right. And that's what I get out of it. Yeah, he's basically a terrorist. Yeah, so I want to hear your take on it, and then there's there's really one thing that I want to talk about that deals a little bit with my favorite sandwich from Disneyland. Okay. So, um, of course, Hugo Weaving is amazing. Hugo. No, it's Hugo. Okay. It's H-U-G-O. I've been saying it wrong. Hug-O. Hugo Weaving Ah. is in it. Also with Natalie Portman. And, uh... The other one that I really love in it is Stephen Fry. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. But uh, I remember the first time I saw this, you know, it was, I had moved back from England by then and I was still deep in this kind of entrenched love for, you know, British history, British lore. And so the whole tie-in with Guy Fox, I thought was really clever that they took that story and used that character as kind of a model for this for V, basically. And uh, I think the Wachowski brothers did a great job um, adapting it over to a screenplay. I never read uh, the comic or the, I don't know if it's a graphic novel. I still graphic haven't read novels. Them. Yeah, I still haven't read them. But uh, they're pretty high on my list. I should. It's time. Maybe for Christmas it's, I'll ask It's for hard. That. There's so much to do. There's so much media out there. It's hard to do it. And yeah, but this one's been represent- out forever. Right, the representation that they did on, on movies, this might like offend a lot of people who might love the graphic novel, but I feel like it gives me the full taste of what the meat of what it was. Right, right. No, it's true. And uh, this is crazy. So the graphic novel came out. It was published in 1982. Huh. 1982 so, to 89. I wasn't even born. You were, I was born in the middle of that. Yeah. So were you. Same these. I guess it was kind of the high time of graphic novels, though. When you think about Frank Miller and you think about like all of the Dark Knight series that he did. Yeah. And basically yeah. the revolution to make all of comics a little bit darker and more realistic instead of this 
high-flying, colorful pajamas type thing. Yep. So, so true. I, I think it's interesting how they did that. So, so one thing that I wanted to touch on that I thought was a very interesting, like, kind of foreshadow or statement of what he is, is that in the movie, he makes Natalie Portman's character watch The Count of Monte Cristo, like the older version. Mm. And it's interesting because he is essentially The Count of Monte Cristo, right? The Count of Monte Cristo is Edmond Dantes, who becomes The Count of Monte Cristo to get revenge on these people that ruined his life. And that's effectively what he's doing as well. So it's basically an archetype set in classic literature, and he used it to educate her and make her understand why he's doing what he's doing sympathetically. Huh, yeah. Which, Count of Monte Cristo is my, my favorite movie. It's one of my favorite books I've ever read. They're very different, very long. And I love it so much, I even got like a 19, an 1892 printed, like a, a, one of the volumes for 20 bucks on eBay. That's right. It's one of my prized possessions. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, felt, I felt some more love for it after making that realization that the reason why I love that movie is because it is about retribution and it's about coming back and getting revenge and getting justice for yourself and those who've gotten away with crime, which, I don't know, I, I feel like that's an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I want to give you some trivia, Phil. Let's hear it. I'm going to give you the top three. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know if these are really top three, but they're the three I'm going to read you. So, first one. Okay. The domino scene where V tips over the black and red dominoes to form a giant letter V. Right? Remember that? Yep. So, they used 22,000 dominoes, and it took four professional domino assemblers. <laughs> 200 hours to set it up. 200 hours just to do that one shot. Not Jeez. even the shot, but just to set up the dominoes. Jeez, that's more than a month of working time. Yeah. Okay, fun fact number two. The name Evie is pronounced E-V, with an E being the fifth letter in the alphabet. alphabet, Five. And V being the five in Latin. And Y being the 25th letter, which is five squared. Wow. Pretty cool. Huh. Right? right? Okay, last one. On a clock that has an hour hand and a minute hand, the time 11.05 makes a V. So the two numbers, 11 and 5, where 11 is November and 5 is the day, spell out the 5th of November. What? Remember, remember, the 5th of November makes a V. What? Isn't that cool? What? Yeah. What? So, yeah, that's uh, that's my trivia for V for Vendetta. V for like Vendetta I'm... is one of those few that's like a solid, like super solid five star, five out of five star for me. So what you learn as you listen to our reviews is that I'm a little bit more forgiving on most movies than my kids. I don't know. And, and I feel like it gives us some leeway. Like I'm pretty picky about certain things, but Mike, he is really good at – not just giving into the emotion of the moment of the movie and really looking at it from the big picture. So that That's five out of, of five is a big deal. It really is. I don't give in. I, there are like a handful of movies that get a five out of five. You know, like yeah. Back to the Future gets a five out of five. And do you even, Inception? Inception is... I, I have no... I don't know how Inception could have been better other than maybe some some more plot explanation, you know, just to make it 
a little bit easier, but that's also part of what I love about it is that you come out of it questioning, talking about it. Everybody was talking about it for days, weeks. Yeah. I mean, we're still yeah. talking about it. It just came up. In the, so one of my favorite shows is the show New Girl, which most people love. Hey, and girl. <laughs> there's a what book. you doing? There's a book they came out with called the, the Schmidt Journals or the Douche Journals, and it's all the time Schmidt. The character had to put money in a douche jar for being douchey. And one of the things was a recurring, like it was recurring in there, was like, remember Inception, guys? And it was like for months. That's all he talked about. Where like he wanted to see it like 300 times. Yeah, I think I would give Inception a five. So so anyway, that, that scales, it's it's really like broad. Like, And the five is so far out there, that's a pretty big deal. Now you guys have probably all mostly seen V for Vendetta and are just thinking, why are you still talking about this? But... To me, I just want to hammer in the point that that five is a big deal. It's almost like would you give it a five out of five? Would be a V. I would. I would. On my scale, it's a five out of five. I don't think there's a dull moment in it. I think for me, it captures everything. It's it's entertaining. It's well put together. I don't feel like anything's forced. Yeah. So those are the things that I appreciate about appreciate about it, and the the dialogue's incredible. I I watch it at least once a year, guaranteed. Most of the time, more. Um, Right. But it's one of those ones that I can watch over and over and over, and I always enjoy it, and I always come away just like, oh, that's one of the such very a first movie. Yeah, one of the very first Blu-rays I ever purchased, and I now have over three hundred. Jeez, you don't have to brag. I got, have a lot of Blu-rays. I got like twenty. Well, I'm a big deal. What can I say? <laughs> All right, so, so let's hop on to our new movie, which okay. is Ender's Game. Now, be 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 warned, there are spoilers here, but. Ender's Game is based on a book that is like a classic sci-fi prize-winning novel, so most people should have understood what this is by now. Yep. If not, you owe it to yourself to just buy it on Audible and listen to it in your car out to and from work. Like, it is great. So let me tell you my experience with Ender's Game, because Mike is actually the reason why I love Ender's Game. I am not. You are. I How? bought your copy of Ender's Game. We really, were talking with, about this. You with a couple pages ripped out. The front pages were ripped out by some girl in Portugal on a bus. Yeah, Nicole. Yeah. So Thanks, Nicole. Yeah, Gosh. Nicole, wherever you are. I don't know what I missed. I probably missed like a publisher's note or something. <laughs> so I, I read this book, and it just blew my mind. Like, you get to the end, and there's this giant thing that is happening through the whole thing, and you don't know till the end. And it just rocked my world. And this was a time when I was just so into things that could just blow my mind. And it may have actually been like a, a, you might have recommended it because of the fact that you guys made me watch the movie Saw. And I'm not into like gore or horror. And that movie's not about that. It was about psychological like, whoa, that dude was laying on the floor dead the entire time. Yep. Blew my mind. Like that, Donnie Darko, like... Yeah, we were all like addicted to that freaking website, trying to figure out what was happening, who's Frank, mm. what's happening. So it was all in that time frame. And then you let me borrow your copy of Ender's Game, and I read it in like a week. And I was That's so right. you read in love it with really it. fast. Yeah, I I went out and I bought like all of them on. You were gonna buy them for my birthday or Christmas or something, and then I bought them on like. Yeah. I bought them. I bought them on eBay, and then somehow like a, one of our friends was like needed some help ordering something on ebay and she saw what i'd ordered and she told you and so like and her game and her shadow like all of it yeah so yeah so yeah so i've been waiting for this movie since then but you've been waiting for it longer i have it's one of those ones that you know i read the book probably probably close to 15 years ago 
And uh, I mean, the book came out in '85. Yeah, when I, like the year I was born. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, probably about 15 years since I read that book, and I always felt like I, it was always such a good book that eventually there would be a movie made. And uh, I was really excited about it. And I followed it a little bit, like, back in, like, you know, 2011. Yeah, when, like, Damon Lindelof was, like, writing a version. Yeah. A bunch of people, like, took stabs at it. And it was, like, up in the air. They weren't sure if they were going to make it. There were a bunch of problems with the script. I think Orson Scott Card wrote a copy, a version. Yeah, I heard that one was crap. That's what I heard. But, yeah, you know, and so it's gone through all of these different kind of ups and downs i think that they've really struggled to to get it out but i honestly feel like they really nailed it yeah absolutely and it's good to hear you say that because i I saw a bunch of reports i didn't see it till the day after it came out i saw it on saturday and they did previous they did showings halloween night uh early thursday and i saw a bunch of people and i saw one person and their comment was uh, Ender's Game was great. If you like, if you like the book, then you'll love the movie. It was really good. And then, right after that, I looked at Facebook and another friend who was like, "If you like Ender's Game, you will think that this is an atrocity." Like, and just was going off about how it was so bad. And so I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I just feel like people people have to hate no matter what, you know. Right. Especially when you get a like a adaptation from a book i mean people said the same thing about lord of the rings you know right and we like nobody can deny that those are amazing movies right and and that's the interesting thing you know as i've mentioned i like screenwriting and as i've studied screenwriting one of the things they really talk about is the difference between an adaptation and an actual movie script and they're very different so an adaptation is not a it's not a book is not a movie and they can't be the same thing the there's a set format we have almost a hundred years worth of movie format in our brains that we look for and we're used to. And when it's different, it's odd and it throws us off. So you can't do the exact same thing. There's things you need to change and leave out in order to make it make sense for a, for a movie. But I was surprised at how few things that I noticed they changed. And granted it's been almost eight years since I've read the book, but, yeah. but it's like surprisingly few things were different. And yeah. I'll tell you, for me, watching it, it was almost an emotional experience. There were several times where I just got choked up watching Ender like do his thing. Like um, the moment I saw Bean, I did a fist pump. I was like, "Yeah, it's Bean, for <laughs> boy." Yeah, I was nervous because I, they were talking about it based off of the trailer that Bean wouldn't have much of a part in it. So mm-hmm. I was really happy when Bean was there from from the start. Right, right. So no, it's great. I just sent you this list, Phil, but. Um, there's a list on this website where they talk about all of the book to film changes, like down to like every like hair color, you okay. know. So we'll post a link to that on Smellycast, but it's a pretty cool list to go through. But it just goes to show that like they really didn't change, like they didn't make huge changes. There were a couple, but but none that were really like. I feel like they really followed the book really well, um, especially, you know, trying to maintain the rating. You know, they couldn't have a bunch of naked kids. Like half, right. the, half the kids are naked the whole book, you know. Right. So they, <laughs> that was good. But overall, I feel like the acting or well, the casting was perfect. 
the acting, the Anders was, aw- yeah. was awesome. Asa Butterfield or Asa as a Ozzy, anyway, the dude. He's Huggo, in Huggo. <laughs> um, but yeah, the kid that plays Ender, fantastic. Harrison Ford was fantastic. Ben Kingsley, he was great. Good. You He's know, Viola Davis was good. She was great. Especially with Harrison Ford. I thought she was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that a lot of people talked about was that they were afraid that Harrison Ford was not really putting his heart into the role from the trailer. It yeah. looked like he was old and tired. Yeah. In fact, you might have been the one who said that. He did but, look that way. But he he was great. And there I, were some great moments. He really was good. Yeah. And, and I, I like that they had a big, you know, that they were able to get him for this. I mean, I feel like, you know, having like Abigail Breslin and Ben Kingsley and Harrison Ford, like that takes the movie to a whole nother level. Right. Than if they would have just had a bunch of nobodies, which I mean, they, it could have been fine with a whole bunch of nobodies, but I just like but seeing you got that Han it got Solo playing yeah, Iroh. Yeah, yeah, I liked seeing that it got that kind of attention and it, you know, people other people are actually interested in this movie and I I'm really, really hoping that they continue on and make more. I'd love to see see them do uh, like Xenocide. Yeah, I mean, speaker speaker for the dead will be good, but Xenocide will be fantastic. So I still need to read both of those actually. So they're on my list of things to do. Don't don't be mad. Don't be mad. Um, so so just a couple points here that I wanted to touch on from a story perspective on Ender's Game. Really, the thing that I, I felt made it so emotional for me when I was watching it and I feel like a sissy saying that is the fact that the story is not a story about fighting off evil and it's not a story about survival it's a story about a young kid having to make decisions that he's accountable for and dealing with not wanting to become someone he despises and hates which is his older brother who's basically uh, a psychopath I mean he's a sociopath Yep, enjoys killing things like in the book he kills animals like skins them and so the difference between they being that and being too compassionate, like his sister. And so he becomes this person. He has to deal with these choices. And one of the two of the changes that I noticed is in the, in the first book, from memory, he kills the boy in the school in the beginning. Yeah. Yep. And then they don't tell him until the very end. And then Bono Madrid, Bonzo Madrid, when they're fighting him in the shower, he doesn't knock him back and he accidentally hurts him. Like, he straight up kills him. Like... He hits him in the nose, and he leaves, and then he finds out later that both of them had died, and he has to deal with that, and it really foreshadows like him wiping out this entire group of, of alien life form. Right. And, and so, you know, one of the things that he said is, you know, Harrison Ford's character talks about, like, you know, Viola Davis is like, it used to be a war crime to, to draft people under the age of 15, and Harrison Ford says, well, we can have the luxury of asking ourselves that after we won. Yeah, you know, it, it's really that war mindset, which I thought was interesting. And then he's celebrating Ender, and he's telling him, "You know, great job! Thank God for you. You did it. You beat them." And Ender didn't know; he thought he was playing a game this whole time, and he's wiped out this entire like race or species. And he turns there from forty. He says, "It's not about it's not about winning. It's how we win is is just as important." Yeah. Well, and, and so that kind of ties into one thing that I loved is the whole. Like Enders has to, he has to become a leader through the whole thing, but he doesn't become like your typical leader, especially in like a in a war or a battle school type of situation. He becomes a leader that uses positive reinforcement. You know, he makes his whole crew feel special, and because of that, they have more respect for him, 
And I think it just shows a lot about, you know, the power of positive reinforcement. Right. And he's really unique in that sense as a leader. Yeah, so, no, it was, it was great. And I think everyone needs to go watch it. I've seen it twice. I want to go see twice? it again. Twice? Twice. Oh. I saw it. I saw it Saturday, and then I watched it again uh, Monday. Well, so one thing that – a couple things that I noticed. I kind of wonder why they decided to use the word formix instead of buggers. Right. I mean, I know in the later books they change them over to formix, but uh, I just kind of liked buggers as a kid, I guess. Right. Um, maybe. It's slang term. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing that I thought was interesting. I thought the battle room – it looked so much like how I pictured Imagined it. Imagined it. It really did. Yeah. Um, like small differences, but overall, like they, I feel like they captured it really well. The other thing that I thought looked awesome and looked better than I had even imagined it were the suits that they wore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this was probably one of the only movies where I've actually sat and watched it and thought, wow, mm-hmm. the set decoration on this is incredible. Yeah. It was just good. Yeah. It was good. And then the other thing that I thought they actually did really well with that I was really nervous about was the battle scenes. I was nervous that, you know, the graphics would it would take a hit, not being, you know... The gravity stuff. And... Yeah, and just not having this... I mean, it had a big budget, but not like a huge budget for graphics, I feel. And so I was nervous that, you know, the graphics might take a hit, but I felt like they were they were stellar. Right. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. I freaking loved it, and you should all watch it so that we can get more of them. So, Phil, what uh, what rating would you give Ender's Game? I'm giving it a five. A five. 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 I am. And again, just remember, I'm a little bit more lenient because I can separate and I can I can push aside things. Like so, if so let's say dialogue's off, but I think that overall it achieves something that evokes emotion out of me. I enjoy it. Yeah, but man, it had me tearing up like three times, and that to me tells me that it connected with me, and I still don't really see a flaw in it. The two times I watched it, so I'm going with a five. Yeah, my, I, you can't give a five now that I said it's so hard for you to give a five. Just yeah, I know my standards are raised. <laughs> um, give it a five if you think it's, it merits it. I, it's one of those ones that I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I, 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 the whole time I was watching the signal, I was like, I can't wait till I own this. And both times I thought, when he was like in the mind game, I was like, I, I, why is there not an app for this? I would play this game. I would totally. play this game right now. They were going to. They, I think have. they were working on a game. I think. I Don't quote me. Andrew's game for Xbox One. Could you imagine? With the Kinect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, you just started salivating. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it... I don't know. I I might need to see it again, but for now I'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five. But I'm gonna watch it again, and if I come out of it rating. just super excited again, then I will give it. I'll bump it up to a five. But for now, I'm just because I feel like I really feel like they could have split it up into almost like two parts. Yeah, and yeah, I would have could. loved it just to have even more character development, even more depth to the characters. I feel like I had that relationship with them because I've read the books. And so I, I don't need as much, you know, for Bean and for Ender. And, um, but like for my wife, I saw it with my wife and she came out of it. Oh yeah, that was okay. And I'm like, are you kidding? 
that was great. <laughs> you know, but it's because I have a lot more understanding based on the story. So I really, I really wish that they would have split it up into like two parts and, and hopefully the movie will be successful enough that they can do that later on. But, uh, that would have, that would have been really interesting for me to, to get a little more out of it. And who knows, maybe we'll get like a sweet director's cut or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Good old Gavin sure. Hood. Good man. It's good. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on. Just a couple, three quick topics here. Let's talk about the soda of the week. Yeah, what's our time at? What are we looking we at? we got about 10 minutes left. Okay, so. okay. So uh, you go ahead, Phil. Well, actually, first, before, before you go, I have a, a soda pop here that I'm going to drink while we are talking. So okay. That's, nice. That's not a soda. Yeah, okay, here we go. Ready? What was that sound? That was the sound of me opening this bottle of cheer wine. I'm drinking this today. Here, let's get some. Ooh, fizzies. Fizzies. You're going to make everyone have to go to the bathroom. You should stop. Just take a listen. So Mike and I love soda. Yes, we do. It's it's one of my favorite things. I, I mean, can't live without go. it. It's one of the reasons I'm overweight. We don't drink. We don't smoke. I drink a lot of soda. Love soda. But Mike's way into specialty sodas. Oh, it's only been... So, when did it start? It probably started a year ago. Where I started like wanting to find different kinds of soda. I mean, don't get me wrong. I will always have a special place in my heart for Dr. Pepper. Coca-Cola Classic. They'll always be there for me. And I, and I, can, I can rely on them. But I just looked... I wanted to find, you know more i wanted more depth to my life of soda and so i i started out just kind of going to my grocery stores and looking for different kinds of soda and uh and i you know there's there's lots of different kinds of like ginger ales and root beers and a lot of them are big brand names too but then i started finding some like the bundaberg uh ginger beers so good good um and uh, then Phil introduced me to Virgil's, which is oh, Virgil's. where I'm going to pass well, we the torch it. and let you talk about Virgil's. We knew about Virgil's. So um, as we mentioned probably before, Mike and I volunteer at the Sundance Film Festival um, every year. We've done it four years. Yes. Um, this will be our fifth year. Fifth? And this is our fifth year. Whole re- yeah, it is. Yeah, white jacket, blue vest. That's right. Red jacket. Orange. Orange jacket. So we've been, we've been there for four years. This will be our fifth year. And um, one of the things that Mike got there once when he started collecting root beer bottles. Because I, I was ago, still brand, branching out, you know. Yeah, he, he got a Virgil's root beer in the deli at Sundance where oh. they have the best croissant. Oh, yes. Cheese and ham-filled croissant. Mm. So good. Staple of Sundance. Yes. And, um, yeah, so that's where, we, that's where we first tried Virgil's, but it wasn't a thing. And then I moved out here to Arizona last year, and uh, there was a Fry's grocery store, Smith's in Utah, Ralph's in California. And I went in there, and they had all these bottled beverages, and one of them was called Virgil's Dr. Better. And I'm a Dr. Pepper fiend, three generations of addiction in my family. <laughs> and I was like, I have to try that. <laughs> And so I bought them, and they're about a dollar fifty per bottle, and um, so worth it. So smooth. So it's a microbrewed, caffeine-free Dr. Pepper style soda, yeah. and it is different. It's not Dr. Pepper, but it's a smoother, 
crisper, has more of a long-term flavor, and it's it's just great. It's one of my favorite things in the world. And all of Virgil's stuff's great. I mean, I, their root beer is my, one of my favorite things. I don't, I haven't had root beer, I haven't craved root beer in years, and now that's one of my favorite things to drink is root beer yeah. because of that. Yeah, they've got a fantastic root beer. They really do. Um, yeah. I also really like their uh, black cherry cream soda. It's I'm good. not a big cream soda fan, but uh, I can do IBC cream soda, and I can do Virgil's cream soda, and the black cherry is is fantastic as well. So yeah, Virgil's. They are not a sponsor of this show, but we would like them to be. Oh and please, we love them to send us free soda. Yeah, we will say we'll say your name like every week. We I would do an episode. Like every week, guaranteed for like ten years, for just like one free know, bottle, ten ten free bottles a year, <laughs> you know. So good. Oh, so yeah. Um, other than that, the beverage that I have right now is actually was recommended to me by a former boss my named Brian Irwin, and it's Werner's Ginger Soda, not a ginger ale. I was feeling ill last week, and so I bought a twelve pack of these. It's a different flavor than ginger ale, which you typically drink on an airplane, as the oatmeal likes to point out. Yes, I um, do it too. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's great, and this is good. It's it's barrel aged and it's uh it's smoother. It's a little bit sweeter. It's enjoyable. Do so. you really think it's barrel aged? Mm, I'm sure they put pieces of barrel in there and float it around. Yeah. They wouldn't say it on the can unless it was real, Mike. Okay. Um, okay. So and then right now I'm drinking cheer wine, which is a cherry soda, and uh, it uh, where does it come from? I don't know where it comes from. Uh, I think back east somewhere. But a little fun fact about cheer wine. So back in 2010, so it's a cherry soda. I don't, have you ever had it, Phil? I have not. I would have thought you did back in your Oklahoma days. Anyway, Maybe so, it's, I did. so it's a cherry soda. But back in 2010. Cheerwine partnered with Krispy Kreme, and they re- they released a Cheerwine flavored donut. What? Like a cherry flavored, a cherry soda flavored donut. It sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. So Cheerwine is one of my my like favorites, and I think back east you can get them a lot more than here. Here you have to kind of go to special specialty shops and stuff. Um, and then, so real quick, one other soda that I wanted to talk about that I'm really enjoying right now is, uh, it's called like Saranac, Saranac sodas. Um, so their root beer and their sarsaparilla is really good. Um, but they have some other flavors that I really want to try. I want to try their Shirley Temple soda. Mm. They, they do like, you know, beers and things too, but they do these non-alcoholic drinks as well. So they've got a Shirley Temple soda, a ginger beer, and a black cherry cream. So if anybody can figure out how to get me those i would uh, really appreciate it but anyway we love soda we do if we you want to talk food. to me you can check me out on uh, reddit.com slash r slash soda what's your username chocolate fail chocolate fail king of our soda so ridiculous i just love soda it's great it's such a great subreddit okay okay so Along with soda, we also love food. Yes. So, because I live in Arizona, Mike lives in Utah, and because we travel quite a bit, California, Las Vegas, here in Arizona, all over, 
uh, we try different things. And so, yeah. Mike, what what place have you been recently that you're enjoying? You know, the other day I went and I tried out the Wild Zucchini Grill. I don't know uh, if how many people know this, but it's uh, created by the same people that that started up uh, Costa Vida. No, no. Okay. Cafe Rio. I think Cafe Rio. Um, and it's called the Wild Zucchini Grill, and basically it's Italian street food, and they have these sandwiches there called piadinas, and they are. I, I was I was kind of skeptical, going in, but so good. It's like a sandwich. Let me read. Let me read you what it is. The whole description. You ready? A flatbread sandwich starts with a thin handmade flatbread prepared with locally milled organic flours. Add a grilled item like chicken or steak or whatever. Um, Angel hair pasta. Angel hair pasta in this flatbread with some sauce. You know, you can do like marinara or Alfredo or pesto. And then you add in extras. So you choose like, you know, jalapenos and olives and... It's like an Italian gyro. Yes. It's... Oh. I was shocked at how much I I enjoyed it. Did you really? I did. I don't have any good Greek food. I don't have any good Greek food near me. Sorry. No, I I just changed. I was going to talk about my favorite Mexican place here in town. Yeah. Like, Beto's style, like, 24-hour style Mexican restaurant. Big old thick burrito. Yeah, now I'm switching to Jay's Euros. Jay's Euros. Yeah, it's right by the Sky Harbor International Airport in okay. Phoenix, right across the freeway from my work. It's a little hole in the wall place. You go in, it's ghetto. I mean, it's so ghetto that they have a giant old school projector style flat screen TV. You know, the giant big screens with like the giant curved back. <laughs> yeah. Embedded in the wall. No. Like, that's their TV. Gross. And you can tell the sun's been beating on it for years. And they have a giant Michael Jordan poster, no. like a full door poster, and I mean it's, it is ghetto. And you go in and you order, and the friggin' gyro is the best gyro I've ever had in my life. It is so good, really? just piled with meat. Sauce is incredible. Mm. Oh, it's so good. And oh, I want one right now. It's like it's like there's a little treasure trove of just Greek awesome. I really ha- we there. have no good Greek food where I live. There's like you know not there's the not even a there's not even bad Greek food. You know who has the best gyros in Utah? Who? The Missionary Mad- Training Center. You're lying. I'm not lying. Ask anyone who's been to to the Missionary Training Center at BYU, and it is they have great gyros. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> Ask anyone. Ask your brother. I will. I will. So. Yeah, next time we'll talk about those favoritos. Yep. The favorites. Yep. My fav- that, no, but that's the name of the place. Oh, oh, that's your favorite? That's I, the name of the place. I thought you were saying like we talk about other favorites. No, I'm saying <laughs> that it is literally the name of the place that we're going to talk about. All right. Well, I think it is that. Is that the end of this that's episode? It. We got it. Thanks uh, to everyone who's listened. Again, if you have any feedback, there's things you want to hear, want to have us talk about, let us know. Yeah, thanks uh, to our sponsors. Yeah, you, you can whoever they are, <laughs> the free people we're talking about. But uh, you can check us out at smellycast.com. Um, you can reach Mike on Twitter at... At Miwahal, M-I-W-A-H-A-L-L. At Miwahal, and I'm at P. Hudson, P-H-E-D-S-O-N. Uh, don't forget, if you are on iTunes or have an iApple device, you can subscribe. Oh, please so, do. 
Now that we're official, show. not not the Portuguese dudes. You can subscribe us. to them too, but you won't you won't enjoy it. Subscribe to us. And, subscribe. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's it. Thanks, Smelly Bellies. We appreciate your uh, time and listening to us. All right. Bye. Bye.